0: This is The Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, September 30th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Association of Mental Health Burden with Prenatal Cannabis Exposure from Childhood to Early Adolescence, is in JAMA Pediatrics. The authors credit longitudinal data from the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development Study to determine if prenatal cannabis exposure is associated with lasting vulnerability of psychopathology past middle childhood. The authors confirm that vulnerability lasted past middle childhood and into early adolescence. Next is a study in hospital pediatrics titled Novel Implementation of State Reporting Policy for Substance Exposed Infants. In 2019, Connecticut unveiled a statewide hospital reporting infrastructure to divert infants with prenatal substance exposure from child protective services using a de identified notification to protective services and a plan of safe care. This study found that over half of all identified infants were diverted to receive supportive services. However, the diversions displayed racial disproportionality and alcohol exposure was significantly under-identified. A new article in the Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment is titled Opioid Relapse and MOUD Outcomes Following Civil Commitment for Opioid Use. This study collected outcome data on 81 individuals for 12 weeks following commitment for opioid use disorder. 87% reported using fentanyl and 68% reported injecting drugs. Over half reported diagnoses of major depression or anxiety. During follow-up, 64% reported some opioid use and 41% some MOUD use. Persons with depression or anxiety initiated MOUD sooner. Next, we have an article in Drug and Alcohol Dependence titled, Predictors of Crystal Methamphetamine Use Initiation or Reinitiation Among People Receiving Opioid Agonist Therapy. This Canadian study sought to identify predicators of crystal methamphetamine initiation or reinitiation among people on opioid agonist therapy to expedite effective prevention strategies. High rates for crystal meth initiation and reinitiation among those on opioid agonist therapy were identified and continued to rise over the study period. Predictors of crystal meth initiation or reinitiation included younger age unstable housing, and recent unregulated opioid use. A new article in Psychiatric Clinics of North America is titled, Harm Reduction, Not Dirty Words Anymore. This article provides an overview of harm reduction and its application to alcohol, tobacco, and drug use. Harm reduction refers to a collection of principles, practices, and policies that aim to minimize the negative health, social, and legal impacts associated with drug use. Harm reduction practices have been shown to significantly reduce negative consequences of substance use, such as infectious diseases and overdoses. The article concludes that its principles and practices should be integrated with all traditional medical, psychiatric, and addiction treatment programs. The next article, titled, Perceptions and Experiences with Evidence-Based Treatments Among People Who Use Opioids, is in the Journal of Addiction Medicine. In this study, the authors interviewed persons with active opioid use to assess their knowledge, interests, and experience with MOUD. Overall, persons interviewed believed methadone and buprenorphine work better than other options. In terms of barriers, major themes were lack of readiness for abstinence, insurance barriers, methadone regulatory barriers, and a burdensome intake process. Participants also noted that low-barrier treatment, including mobile units providing methadone and buprenorphine, would be beneficial. Our final article is in the International Journal of Drug Policy, titled, Can a New Formulation of Opiate Agonist Treatment Alter Stigma? This study noted that treatment with methadone or sublingual buprenorphine reinforced stigma by providing recipients with a daily reminder of their status. Less frequent visits to health professionals facilitated patients who needed to arrange time away from work obligations and to keep the nature of their visits private. Patients also noted that with extended-release buprenorphine, there was no need to conceal prescription bottles or take-home dose vials from family, friends, or employees this concludes today's episode of this week in addiction medicine remember to subscribe to the asam weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every tuesday be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org thanks for listening we'll be back next week